Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and each week I have a chance to go on to 600 AM KGEZ with Anthony Knockreiner and to show the knock on sports. This week we're talking about the Seahawks' 32-28 win over the Browns and with the injury to Will Disley, what it might take for the Seahawks to get O.J. Howard from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talk about the Rams and their trade for Jalen Ramsey, the upcoming matchup between Seattle and Baltimore, and we make our Week 7 picks. Before we get there, a quick look at the Seahawks' Wednesday injury report. Will Disley, of course, at the top of the injury report with his Achilles injury. He's scheduled to have surgery on Thursday for a torn Achilles, so expect him to be moved to injured reserve. Dwayne Brown remains out of practice with a biceps injury. DJ Fluker also out of practice with his hamstring injury. Some new additions of players who did not participate in practice on Wednesday. Lane O'Hill with an elbow injury. Bradley McDougal with a back injury. KJ Wright listed with a knee injury. And Ziggy Anza with an ankle injury. Chris Carson and Tyler Lockett were listed as having limited participation in practice, but that was not injury related. All right, with that quick look at the injury report, let's get on to my chat with Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock on Sports. Welcome back to the Knock on Sports and joining me here in studio to talk the NFL is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. And Brandon continues to kick my butt in NFL picks. We'll do that a little bit later. But Brandon Schultz, once again, we've got another win for the Seattle Seahawks. It was a thriller, a good football game, but another win in the column for you guys. That was quite the comeback victory to be down 20 to 6 in the second quarter and, and to climb back into this game slowly. Uh, they did it kind of methodically. They almost got back and tied it up right before the half. But with Russell Wilson as quarterback performing the way he is, I feel like the Seahawks team is going to have a chance in every single football game. Russell Wilson, I mean, there's a lot of great players in the Seahawks history. By the time you think we get done with Russell Wilson's career, will he be the all-time Seahawk? It's it's kind of looking that way. I mean, right now you have right now you have Walter Jones. Yeah. You have Cortez Kennedy. And you have Steve Largent. Mm-hmm. Those are like the top three. And then if you want to throw in the whole other Hall of Famer, Kenny Easley. But I think the way the, the the impact that Russell Wilson has already had on this football team, you you have to think that he's already up there. And just in terms of impactful quarterbacks, one of the things I've been pointing out now in terms of game winning drives, this was Russell Wilson's 26th game winning drive of his NFL career, which puts him one game ahead of Dave Craig now and two games ahead of Matt Hasselbeck. Wow, that's impressive. I mean, and, and like I said, it, it, at the same time, too, no interception still. still. He's taking care of the football. And I mean, I, I know it'll happen eventually, I, I would think. But, man, at this point, I don't know when it's going to happen because he's playing so well. And he's taking care of the football. And this offense, again, it just it's very different because I know you guys were talking about it with some of your Seahawks followers, you know, making the comparisons to the 2013 team, 2014. This offense is completely different. It's more predicated on Russell Wilson's ability, throwing the football, still run the football, sure. obviously. but. It feels more Russell Wilson featured than everybody else was in those two years. Yeah, and he's going into his eighth NFL season, and this is really the time of a quarterback's career where they really start to show that they have a feel for everything, their own abilities, the ability to read defenses, and know exactly where to put the ball against what they're seeing. What troubled you the most, though, from this Cleveland game? Oh, gosh. Giving up three straight touchdowns on defense is is a problem. The ability, it sounded like the defensive line and their ability to get pressure in this game 
it wasn't necessarily part of the game plan because stopping Nick Chubb was a part of the game plan. And when you do that, you can't really go after the quarterback as much as you'd like. So just their ability to allow the team to to march down the field. If you know, if I were looking at somebody and I, I look at the Rams now making a bunch of trades on Tuesday, and if I think, gosh, if the Seahawks are going to make a move, a nickel corner sure would be nice. And yeah, Jamar Taylor, he's a veteran and he he's shown that he can he can do okay while he's out there. But they don't have that guy like I watched in the Monday night game with Justin Coleman now playing for the Lions. And I think, oh, sure would be nice to have Justin Coleman on this team. <laughs> then, Brandon, I want to kind of get your thoughts because you talked about this last week with the Browns. You guys, the, the Browns just always play you guys tough. We've gone through the history. Yes. <laughs> but let me ask you this, because Cleveland has been a roller coaster of a team. They've played really well. And the next week they play terrible. Then they play really well. They play terrible. So what do you think was it? The roller coaster of Cleveland? Or do you think uh, they just played you guys tough? I think part of it's matchup based. I think part of it's just kind of the way the the bounces didn't go. The Seahawks had a lot of good uh, turnover luck in this game where it was just, you know, a, a tip off of a player's fingertips. And, a, and the Seahawks player just happened to be there, you know, stripping a guy at a key time. And gosh, there, there could have been another fumble early on where they called forward progress stop near the goal line for the Browns. And that could have been another turnover for the Seahawks. So it just it worked out to where the Seahawks got some key turnovers because the Seattle's defense was not stopping this Browns offense. They moved down the field. They only had to punt the ball twice. Fortunately, one of those punts was blocked, but they only got three points out of the deal. So I think one of my criticisms, too, of the, the offense was that they didn't get enough points off those turnovers. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, one other part of this game, which was bad news for the Seahawks, was the loss of Will Disley. Uh, a big loss, I think, for the Seahawks. Obviously, we know what he's been able to do with Russell Wilson. And unfortunately for him, another season-ending injury, which is very unfortunate. How big a loss is this, and, and where where do you see C- Seattle going from here? This is tough. This is one of the guys that was really emerging as Russell Wilson's probably second favorite target on the team behind Tyler Lockett. And yeah, he still has other guys to throw the football to. We kind of saw Jerron Brown fill in as that guy who he was looking to go to in the end zone now uh, with Will Disley out. So I think it is going to hurt him because now their tight end group is it's pretty sparse. You have Luke Wilson, who left the team, come, came back to the team. They traded Nick Vanette away to the Steelers a little while ago. And yeah, they got a fifth round pick out of the deal, but. Uh, you know, they're able to bring one of their practice squad guys up Hollister. This might be another area where I would think about making a trade. And I look to Tampa Bay, Anthony <laughs> and OJ Howard. And are they even using him? <sighs> I don't even think we are, which is very unfortunate because when you look at this and this and this is why Tampa Bay is where they are. We have great football players. We have talent on that football team, but we're not using them to their full potential. This is where I get frustrated with Bruce Arians. but. Again, I have seen O.J. Howard on the trade blocks. Um, if we do move him, I, I think you definitely got to move him for, at the very minimum, a second-round pick because mm. um, I don't think you just give him away or unless it's multiple picks, multiple third-rounders, something of that sort. Um, but, I mean, I, I think if Seattle goes after him, that's fine. I, I think there could be there could be something where Jason Light listens because uh, I think that right now when you look at it, we're, we're not using O.J. Howard. We're using him as a blocking tight end. And Jameis Winston isn't throwing it. They want to push the ball down the field. I don't know how you can't push the ball down the field with O.J. Howard. 
But, you know, hey, that's Bruce Arians. He's this offensive guru yeah. that can't use a great weapon like O.J. Howard. He's just wasted on our team. So, yeah, I mean, if Seattle presents a good enough offer, Jason Light probably will be also looking for a first-round pick. But if you go that way, I mean, you definitely will have a great tight end duo next year if Will Disley comes back, and you'll have a great one this year. Yeah, well, the reason I'm curious about and and it probably is going to take the Seahawks maybe overpaying for O.J. Howard, if that's the case, because... The trade deadline is the right after week eight. I think the Tuesday after week eight, Seahawks and Bucks play week nine. I don't really like how that lines up in terms of a, a trade partner working out. That's why it's got to get done sooner rather than yeah. later. Uh, I mean, it, we'll, we'll see, though. Like I said, I think if you guys did get O.J. Howard, I mean, that, that <laughs> offense is already good. But, I mean, you're talking about a big tight end, a big target, and a guy that can really, really move. I mean, he's just maybe a slower DK Metcalf, maybe. Mm. So I like the sound of that. And he must <laughs> he's he's still relatively early on in his contracts, right? I think so. I think he's only in the third year of his deal because okay. I think we drafted him two years ago. Um I think Dirk Cutter, yeah, Dirk Cutter was still the head coach. Oh, I could so, see a, a multiple thirds making sense. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But I mean, yeah, I mean if you guys get Howard or if Tambay does move on from him, it wouldn't surprise me. But at that point, we better be we better be I don't know if we trade everybody. Maybe Mike <laughs> Evans might be available. I don't know. We'll hey, see. <laughs> that'd be all right. <laughs> Brandon Schultz joining me here on the Knock On Sports from the Seahawkers podcast. We'll talk about the next game against the Baltimore Ravens, the return of Earl Thomas next year on the Knock On Sports. We're talking about the NFL. Week 7 kicks off tomorrow night between the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll make our NFL picks a little bit later. Brandon Schultz joining me here in studio from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. You guys get the Ravens coming to town and Earl Thomas returns to take on his former team. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to having Earl back. We'll see if after the game is over, if he runs into the Seahawks locker room looking for Pete Carroll to, <laughs> to come, you know, have him bring him onto the team once the Ravens are done with him. Yeah, I was about to say, we'll see, huh? We'll see how that plays out. Um, do you think there's any animosity or do you think, you know, hey, Earl Thomas will, you know, hug up with Pete Carroll and some of the former guys? What do you expect? Yeah, I don't think there's any animosity from Pete Carroll's side. You know, he's always been... He's always been open to making excuses for the players who do some of the things where you get they get criticized in the media. Pete Carroll's always couching it as a, a competition, you know, how competitive they are and, you know, passionate they are. So I think he tries to be very understanding from his perspective at all times. Mm -hmm. And and so, yeah, I wouldn't expect there to be. And it sounds like Earl Thomas has kind of moved on from where his feelings were at. And I think getting paid a pretty nice contract from the Baltimore Ravens helped him out a whole lot too. How do you guys see yourselves defending Lamar Jackson? Because that is going to be pretty tough. He's shown an improvement in throwing the football, and obviously we know what he can do running with it. That's my biggest concern going into this game. And you watch back to, I went back and looked at some of those common opponents, you know, the, the Browns up against the Ravens, the Bengals up against the Ravens. And when Lamar Jackson, when he decides to escape the pocket, He's making that decision and going, and those defensive linemen just have no chance at at catching up to him. I think he and Russell Wilson have the name the same number of sacks this year, but when Lamar gets outside, he is just taking off, and I can see that being that a similar kind of problem for the Seahawks that they've seen in the past with running quarterbacks. And do they have enough speed now at linebacker with Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright to be be able to track down? a guy like Lamar Jackson. How big is it going to be to have Reed back? That'll be important. I think having that pressure up the middle, but even still, 
we've seen when uh, Lamar Jackson, he, he's usually escaping the pocket outside the edges. It's not stepping up into the pocket. So I don't know if Reed is going to uh, provide that much pressure in that regard. And plus the Baltimore Ravens offensive line is one of the best in the league. So I don't know how much pressure they're going to get on the quarterback in this game. And they're going to want to try and contain him and not give up those big runs to Lamar Jackson when he decides that his first or second read down the field isn't available. My my thoughts on this game is I think this is going to be another shootout for you guys, to be honest. Yes, I think what you have in this game is two dynamic offenses. You have the Seahawks that are, I think, number they're at least in the top five in the league in terms of their offense. The Baltimore Ravens are number one. And between Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, that run game's solid. Uh, he loves... Lamar Jackson loves throwing to his tight end. They have Hollywood Brown. And, you know, if there's one rookie receiver that's doing better than DK Metcalf, it's it's Marquise Brown. So it this is an offense that I'm concerned about. And they're both playing against middle of the road defenses. You're also going to see a familiar face, too. You're going to see Marcus Peters on the uh, other end of this thing as well, as he was just traded to the Ravens. Right. Yeah. And they just saw him against the round uh, against the Rams a couple of weeks back. And it was DK Metcalf uh, beating him to the end zone uh, where he was expecting some safety help. So maybe he'll have safety help now with Earl Thomas in this game. But I'm curious to see how much playing time he gets with just the short week with the Baltimore Ravens defense. Let me get your thoughts. Just taking a look outside the uh, NFC West right now. The Rams make the deal to move Peters and then they go get Jalen Ramsey. You guys still have one more game against them. What do you think about that? Uh, Ramsey's been okay. I, I kind of... I was intrigued about the idea of maybe the Seahawks taking a look and having a corner opposite Shaquille Griffin, uh, other than Trey Flowers, just to at a position that they could improve at. For them to get rid of Peters and then bring on Ramsey, it, they gave up a lot to make that happen. And yeah, they did get some picks, uh, or at least a pick back from Baltimore, I'd, I'd assume. So they're, that's just... I'm interested to see if they can get Ramsey under contract now, because if they didn't have a contract in place as part of this deal, they're going to have a hard time with the, the amount of leverage that Ramsey now has with the, the kind of compensation that they gave up to give up two first round picks. That's what the Bears gave up for Khalil Mack. But Mack had a contract to, to stay long term with the Bears. If they if they don't get a deal done for Ramsey, that's going to be a huge mistake for the Rams. It is time to make our NFL picks, and Brandon Schultz joins me, and he continues to kick my butt here as we go into week seven of the NFL schedule. Uh, I went five and nine last week. Brandon went nine and five. Um, we got some games to pick here, and Brandon, we're going to start with Thursday Night Football. Chiefs at Broncos. I thought this would be easy to pick. It would. I would have just taken the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have lost two in a row now. I know, and in my pick'em league that I do with Adam, we had a hard time discussing this one because the Broncos are a team that is has been very hard to pick this year. Mm -hmm. And the Chiefs on their losing streak right now going into a place like Denver on Thursday night against a team that that knows them so well. I I don't think this is is easily cut and dry as, as people might think. I'm going to take the Chiefs here, but it would not surprise me. I, I did pick the Broncos when I was picking against Adam just because I needed a, a, a risky type pick. And that's what I went with here. But I, I'm, I, I'm going to against you. I'm going to take the Chiefs. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Dolphins at Bills. Really quick. Who do you like? I like the Dolphins. Uh, no, I do not. I like the Dolphins to lose. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, the Bills whoa. are going to win this game. All right. I'm going to agree with you. Bills win this one. Jaguars, Bengals. I'm going to take the Jags. I will take the 
Bengals on this one. The Bengals have not won a game yet, and they've been close. This is where I think they get their first win. A good game here. Vikings-Lions. Who do you like here? I'm going to take the Lions. I'm taking the Lions, too. Okay. Yeah, this is a a game that I like Kirk Cousins to lose. Raiders at Packers. I'm going to go Packers. Even though the the Raiders, they've kind of been that surprising team out of the AFC West. They've been better. They've been better. Um, And here's a funny thing, too. I'm going to start picking against the Packers when they start going on the road because they have played a lot of home games here in the first portion of the season. Yeah, and I think, yeah, if they were playing in Oakland, that that might be... it wouldn't surprise me if Oakland won this game. It wouldn't either. I'm just I'm thinking the Packers keep keep rolling along. Yeah. Rams at Falcons. I'm not. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> You're done with the Falcons. Falcons. You're finally I'm done. done. I'm done. Okay. I'm gonna take the Rams on this one too. Uh, Texans at Colts. <laughs> I am gonna take the Texans. I'm gonna agree with you on the Texans. They've been kind of rolling. Yeah, they have been. They've been but pretty both good. Both of these teams beat Kansas City in Kansas City, so that's kind of an intriguing part of this match. Uh, that is. We'll see. Jacoby Brissett. Or Deshaun Watson. Uh, 49ers still undefeated. Take on the Redskins. Yeah, Skins are probably what one of the three worst teams in the NFL. I will take the 49ers. Yeah, they did win the uh, number one pick bowl last week, though. <laughs> By uh, one point. I, mean, I know. <laughs> I had the Dolphins. Um, Cardinals at Giants. I'm going to take the Giants. The Cardinals, they're playing okay. They're playing better. I'm going to take the Giants, too. Chargers at tight at Titans. I don't know who to pick in this one. Well, the Titans, they are starting their they they've benched Mariota in this game. Yeah. And that's what's it's leading me to kind of lean toward the Chargers. I've been picking the Chargers and I and I kind of want to pick the Titans here just because I keep picking the Chargers and they keep losing. Like and I'm and I'm done. I, I'm getting tired of Phillip Rivers because he's not getting me any fantasy points here. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go with the Titans. I'm gonna disagree okay. with you on this one. Saints at Bears, a good one. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm going to take the Saints on this one. They've just been playing so well, but gosh, the Bears are at home. It's two solid defenses going against one another, and two backup quarterbacks going against one another. I'm lean. I'm going to take the Saints because I know you're probably going to take the Bears just because you you hate New Orleans. <laughs> I do hate New Orleans, but I really do have a tough time picking Chicago here just because the offense just isn't there. Yeah, you know the defense will hold. I think Teddy Bridgewater in the running game. This is going to be a nine to six game. I think so. I'm. I'm. I Who has think, the better field goal kicker? Oh, the Saints do. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, right. I'm going to go with the Saints <laughs> on this one. As much as I hate to say it, uh, Ravens as Seahawks. No question here. Yeah, Ravens do have the better field goal kicker in this game, though. But I'm going to take the Seahawks. I was going to say I have Jason Tucker. He's great. Uh, Eagles at Cowboys. I am going with the Eagles, even though the Cowboys are at home. They're going to continue this this losing streak that are that they're on. I'm, I'm curious though. Most people are picking the Cowboys in this game. It's interesting because again, we picked we both picked the Cowboys to beat the Jets last week. We did, yeah. And, and we, now, I, I think 99 percent of the population picked the Cowboys to they, beat the Jets. <laughs> they did, they did, and I I didn't I couldn't believe the Jets actually won. So I'm going to actually go different from you. I'm going to say the Cowboys in their losing streak. I'm going to take the Cowboys. It does feel kind of like a coin flip game. It does feel like that. Uh, Monday Night Football, Patriots at Jets. Any questions here, folks? No, no. I, I don't think the Jets are going to surprise us two weeks in a row. I gotta really believe that ESPN must just get, like, the least, you know, they must not get a lot of favorable matchups for Monday Night Football because, like, going into the season, did you really think the Jets were going to compete with the Patriots? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, like, last Monday, like, this past Monday Night, Green Bay, Detroit, that was actually a good game for Monday Night Football. But it seems like Sunday night football and even Thursday night football has had better games than Monday night football's had. 
Yeah, and it is a divisional matchup, but if you're going to pick a divisional matchup, do don't you pick, pick anybody. <laughs> you pick anybody in the AFC East when the Patriots are playing them. No, they've had no competition in the AFC East for Tom Brady's almost his entire career. I was about to say what the Jets won the division one year and then the Dolphins won it in 2010. Other than that. Yeah, it's been all Patriots. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just waiting out Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't think they're going to keep waiting out a little longer. Brandon Schultz joining us here to make our NFL picks. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episodes of the podcast, how can they do that? Yeah, you can catch the and subscribe to the Field Goals podcast by going to SBNation.com slash NFL podcasts. And of course, you can check us out. SeahawkersPodcast.com. Brandon, always appreciate the time with you, my friend, and looking forward to chatting with you next week. Thanks, Anthony. 